they knock off Glenwood last night, 35-21. So, uh, so a, a great season there for Lee Scott. Auburn High looking to um, is, advance to the state finals in 7A tonight as they're over in Central. It is remarkable how successful the programs affiliated with Auburn Network who have their you know have their games broadcast on Auburn that's Network. Right, that's right. It's and, all and, it and takes. And then it? you can you can also have the Troy Trojans women's basketball team with me having won several conference championships in the last few seasons. It is. I mean, it's. I, I don't want to give the broadcast team too much credit for this success, but it is. Uh, I mean, the amount of winning. It's an amazing coincidence. Yeah, though, the, ama- the yeah. amount of winning that we've been able to broadcast on the <laughs> Auburn Network family of radio stations and the, uh, and, and the success now, now of, the, of the Lee Scott Warriors, you can add to that uh, on top of Auburn High tonight looking for a chance to go to the state championship yet again if they can, uh, if they can slay the dragon, right? If they can get past... The, uh, the the it's the, same the old familiar, same old. The familiar yeah. obstacle of the, of the of the of the Central Phoenix City. Records. Well, I mean, Auburn looking to make it two and two in the last four years in the semifinals against Central. I mean, you had Hoover and Thompson uh, in the north, Auburn and Central in the south. The same four teams have been the final four for the last four years. So that's, that's pretty amazing. We can talk about that. Obviously, Auburn uh, University basketball tonight. Auburn University football, another big weekend in college football, coaching. Uh, so many things we can discuss this afternoon as we come to you one more time from Skybar Cafe. Yeah, well, definitely want to send a big shout out to the Skybar folks who uh, who helped I have uh, have us on location throughout the uh, th- throughout the, the the football season this year. This is our eighth broadcast on a Friday uh, from uh, from Sky Bar, and we're, and we're thrilled uh, to, uh, to to be here again. A neutral snap tonight. Uh, Shackleford Lane tomorrow. They're going to be open at 2 p.m. tomorrow, Bill. So wow, okay. uh, they're going to they're gonna have lots of college football on the big screens, including Auburn, Western Kentucky. If you're not going and you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, uh, they will have it on the screens. And then, of course, all the uh, all the college football action uh, throughout the day tomorrow. And as you mentioned, I mean, th- this is a great spot to watch Auburn men's basketball, especially if you can't get a ticket to those games. And Man, those, that, that is a very, very tough ticket. You're th- th- absolutely Those are right. tough games. So if you want to watch that with a crowd of Auburn fans, they've got the Auburn men's basketball games on here at Sky Bar, and those are always a blast. So I would, uh, I would encourage folks looking for somewhere to watch Auburn and Texas Southern tonight. If you can't go to a Neville Arena, Sky Bar is going to have that on the screens as well and they'll be open throughout thanksgiving week uh and, and, and so so a lot a lot going on as always big shout out to sky bar and want to say thanks to bud light next a zero carb super crisp light beer from the folks at anheuser-busch bud light next has sponsored these live broadcasts as well and uh, and we want to say thank you uh, to everybody affiliated uh with uh, bud light next and Skybar for these Friday drives on location, downtown Auburn. Absolutely. Bill and Dan here at Skybar, and hour number one of the drive, as usual, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline, and we'd love to hear from you. You can just call 334-321-1390 to get through on the Kia of Auburn hotline. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. The Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can get however 
you listen to your podcasts. So uh, with that, again, we're wide open. Anything that you want to talk about sports-wise, obviously, I mean, tomorrow it's the final regular season home game. It's the final game for uh, quite a group of seniors. Now, it's really interesting. You still don't know everyone who might be done playing. You've got an idea on some. You know, the guys who are in their sixth year that used the COVID year that came back, uh, you, you know that that's it for them. But they're some of the guys that, uh, and, and we even saw it last year with, with some of the players who came out on senior day and were introduced with their family, decided to come back. Um, so, I mean, that could be the case tomorrow. But Auburn with a large group of seniors that will be playing their final game at Jordan-Hare Stadium tomorrow afternoon. Do you have the depth chart? Do you have the list yeah, of can, players who are or actual? Oh, yeah, be careful, Bill. Got to reach with watch the other the shoulder. arm. Yeah, watch I the shoulder. I cannot reach back no. with the right arm. That's nope. something they told me not to do, but you don't really have to tell you. When, once you feel that, um, I no, would have you, felt, you Bill, realize. If you had damaged your surgically repaired shoulder um, reaching for the Bill Cameron depth chart upon my request, I would have, I would have truly felt just awful. Auburn, Auburn has so I'm glad that's not what Auburn happened. has 18 seniors um, that that were were listed on the depth chart, and and here here are the guys, uh, and, and we can sort of go through them and, and and talk about if they have any extra time left. Offensively, it starts with the captain who we've been speaking to for the last couple of years, John Samuel Schenker. John Samuel will be playing his final game at Jordan Hare Stadium as an Auburn Tiger. Uh, well, as a collegian tomorrow, because, you know, he was one of those guys last year that was introduced on senior day and decided to come back. Uh, so other, so well, a, a couple of players that you won't see on the field tomorrow, but we know their college football careers are over because they're out of eligibility with Auburn. A couple of offensive linemen, right? Austin Troxel and Nick Brahms, right. both, both seniors who will not play tomorrow, but they will participate in senior day activities, I imagine. Right, like let's. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they. I'm, I'm sure. Those, I'm sure they those will. Those two guys, you know, yeah, I'm sure we'll they be, will. We'll be involved tomorrow, but but Brahms and uh, and Troxel both in in their in their final years. And well. Brandon Council is another senior who um will will be wrapping up his eligibility this year. Of course, he's now the the starting center for Auburn. Uh, other players, li- I mean, listed. Let's see, as are, seniors, is that, the, is that the list of scholarship Auburn players that are out of eligibility? Is that, is, that, is that everyone that we think would be would be completely finished? I guess my questions would be, Cam Stutz is listed as a senior. Cam Stutz places. is listed as a senior. He's listed as a junior and others. Uh, Alec, Shedrick? Uh, Shedrick. Well, well let, me, let me get through okay, the rest yeah, of the okay, offensive okay, linemen okay. because Killian Zier, Brendan Coffey, and Alec Jackson are all, center, all seniors as well. I believe Zier and Coffey could come back. Um, if you know, for for a sixth year to get that COVID year back, if they wished, um, you you mentioned Shedrick Jackson. Uh, Shed is the only senior wide receiver on the team, and then Anders Carlson, uh, who you know unfortunately uh, uh, injured his shoulder a couple of weeks ago, is also a senior. Uh, defensively, 
You've got uh, Derek Hall, Echo Leota, who's who's been out with an injury and has already accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl. I don't think we mentioned that on the we air. Did not, we did not mention that. Echo Leota, yeah, sort of confirming that his college football career is over. He's going to play in the Senior Bowl and then look to the NFL draft and right. see, see what's next for, uh, for, for his career. Marcus Bragg is a senior. I believe he has a COVID year, but I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, also, uh, Marquise Burks and uh, Morris Joseph. Among the uh, linemen are are listed as seniors. Right. I believe Morris Joseph, because he started his college career in, I, for some reason I thought he had another year of eligibility I when think Auburn he signed may. him. If he, if he wanted but he's to been it. listed as a senior all year, but I think all, Auburn lists got a lot of players by what year they they would be and 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 don't take the COVID year away. I, I shouldn't get the two of them confused, but for some reason I thought either Bragg or Joseph. I'm pretty sure Bragg has okay. another and, year. And and Bragg, by the way, will be facing his former team. That is true. Tomorrow, in Western with, Kentucky, the, the Western Kentucky transfer for mm-hmm. now playing defensive end uh, for Auburn. Uh, at uh, at at linebacker, uh, Owen Papo is uh, is a senior. Uh, he's the he's the only senior. Eugene Asante. Uh, I think had been listed as a senior, but Auburn's now listing him as, as a junior. And then in the uh, in the secondary, Nehemiah Pritchett is is the only player who is listed as a senior. That doesn't mean that some of the other guys might not opt to take a look at the NFL. But that, that's a pretty good group of seniors. Most of those guys play and play significant roles for Auburn, the ones that are healthy. So, so another, I think it was 24-7's list, said that Pritchett and James are redshirt juniors officially that will not go through the, because they've been invited to the Senior Bowl, but they're officially, they have a year of eligibility remaining. Yeah, DJ James has been, he, he did redshirt, though. Yes. So he he is definitely a redshirt junior. Nehemiah Pritchett could come back for another year if he wished, but he has played Four years. Right, right. I believe Auburn allows you to sort of opt in on senior day festivities, right. even if you're technically a redshirt junior with, with a year of remaining. Well, if you've played four years and, and you're planning on moving on, you definitely can. That's that's where we've, a few times on senior day, we've been surprised at some players out there, and those are generally players who are not planning on coming back. Right, so, so there are offensive linemen with a choice. There are offensive linemen right. without a choice who, who, are, who are out of eligibility. Did we mention Irvin? No, no, we didn't because Auburn lists him as a junior. He redshirted one year, so this is just his third year of playing. Right. So, and so, so we could, I guess, I guess these are guys we could see. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at even senior. though it's their fifth year in school, it's their third year of playing because right. of COVID. So they could have another year, and it, it gets really confusing. It's t- and, and it'll I be good once we're four years clear of the COVID year, where we'll at least be able to maybe by then the NCAA will have enough sense to just say, all right, you've got five to play five. And I would think that tomorrow Auburn will give a list and make it clear who's going through senior day activities. Maybe not, though. Not maybe, usually. Yeah, I know. Not maybe. usually. You just need to pay attention when they come out on the field in pregame. Right. So so it's... Uh, because sometimes <laughs> uh, the players are deciding as the week's going on. Yeah, and, and I hate that we can't, you know we don't have a very clean list of, here are the seniors that will be playing their final game. I just, at, we at just your, gave you 20 names or yeah, so. And, and some of and them... And there could be more. Yeah, and some of them are definitely... Oh, and you know what? And they're underclassmen. 
that are playing right. that are playing their final oh, game you know that. at Jordanair Stadium tomorrow as well. We've so. never had that. That would be an interesting last game thing. It's like final home game. It's like, and here are the players. No. You find no. out like just before kickoff, these guys are going. I'm not coming back. Well, there there are also there <laughs> there are also quite a few underclassmen on this team who have already played their last. Oh yeah, game. you're right. Their last. They may not be on this stadium. team either, though. They're probably not dressing out. I don't expect them to see them at Senior Day tomorrow. Uh, no. no, no. So, uh, but anyway, that that's so. There's your Senior Day preview of of Auburn. Uh, of Auburn a lot, Western, a, a lot. Of of, there'll Kentucky. be a lot, a lot of players out yeah. there for and, the for the last time. And, and for the guys who have put four or five years in, either at Auburn or in college football, like I hope, I hope it's a really special day for them. I hope the family turns out, and I hope people there are enough people still in town. To have a a, a nice that, that's a really out. good question. I mean, with students, a lot of students are already gone for uh, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I, I expect there'll be a pretty good crowd in the in the jungle tonight for basketball. It'll be interesting to see what kind of student section there is tomorrow and what and what kind of crowd we have. Um, because I mean, it's not you know, but it's it's not a marquee game. It's not you know, it's not a huge game, and it's uh, a game where at you know a lot a lot of folks are. Heading out of town for Thanksgiving. I don't know if there's a solution, and I and I don't mean any disrespect to Western Kentucky. It feels so anticlimactic to play an out of conference game now, at this point in the season. Not just and for, for your Auburn, la- and for your last home game, and for the last home yeah. game too. Like, and, and I don't know if there's a solution to that. I proposed off the air to Justin Ferguson. I don't think I've told you this, Bill. Um, if Auburn had played this game week zero, like, do, what what are the rules about? Do you get a second bye week? In the middle of this, like, yeah. can you? Oh, yeah. Like, could Auburn could Auburn have played this game week zero and taken this week off? Is that is that allowed in I college? Belie- I believe it's allowed by college football. I don't know that the SEC. I don't know if the SEC. Said, you know, because okay. but in but for but for the NCAA, yes. If you played that in week zero, you would have two open days. In hindsight, I think you'd take that in a heartbeat. Oh, I think you probably would. I think the SEC is probably the reason that you right. didn't see. Right. That. I, I don't know exactly what the rules are about week zero scheduling, but it just it does feel. God, if that had been the case, Auburn could have had six straight home games to start the season. Right. And and I understand you're tacking games on at the beginning of the season. I wouldn't have wanted to tinker with Auburn's midseason bye week. You know, it's it just I don't know what I don't know what those rules are, but it does it does feel. And I know Auburn's not the only team playing a game like this. This oh, no, no, there are a lot Auburn, of them this Auburn's week. playing a better team than a lot of these other yeah, SEC you're right, teams you're right playing about that. Th- tomorrow. Uh, but I just, that that's, uh, it, it feels like this is a game. I have no problem with Auburn scheduling Western Kentucky. No. doesn't feel like a November game. Feel, feels like no, a, you're you know, right. an early I, I, I wonder. I wonder when Oklahoma and Texas get in the league and we go to a nine-game conference schedule, if, if there'll still be, the you know, these kinds of games the next to the last week of the right. season. And I, and I hate making the distinction between, well, it's okay for Florida to play Florida State and South Carolina to play Clemson, but I don't want you playing a group of five because then it sounds a little bit like, well, you're you're making exceptions. But but those are a little different, right? You think yeah, those, they're, those, they're playing power five schools. Those, those, those so it's like, okay, you want to play a non-conference game, play a power five. Yeah, find, find a power five opponent that wants to play an SEC team you know, out, out, next, out of nowhere. The, yeah. The, the third week in November. Yeah, middle of November. You're not going to find, and not a lot of SEC teams thrilled about making the the road trip. No, so you want to go play. A yeah, big, let's go play in the. Uh, let's go. Let's go play in the snow. Yeah, go play. You know, Camp Randall or something. You know, next next weekend or something like that. So, no, I, I don't know. I, I think your point about maybe with a nine game schedule and Texas and Oklahoma in the league, may, maybe you won't see games like this one at this point in the season. You might you might see them more in September 
when uh, when when out of conference games like this get played. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love for, to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? Want to get in on? Uh, you know, uh, love some conversation as we've got to be. I'd say within ten days of Auburn announcing its next head coach. Don't you? I mean, think about it. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If Auburn doesn't have a head coach by the Monday after the Iron Bowl, then then they're doing a little uh, uh, re reevaluating. And I think they've. I think then someone that they were hoping would say yes has not responded in that fashion. Interesting. So Monday the twenty eighth is when you think like by by oh, end end of business by end of business day Monday. Uh, if Auburn doesn't have a head coach, I think that that maybe we start looking at some of the names that have just sort of been. Oh, and by the way, you know, interesting. So you think you think John Cohen's plan is for Auburn to have a coach by end of business on? Yeah, the 20th. probably, probably, coach, probably yeah. announced on Sunday, the twenty seventh, introduced to the public on Monday is what I would think. That would be. The, that would be the perfect timing. But, I mean, we don't know. And and one thing, I've, I've had a few people ask me, and I know we need to get to break, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, um, is there a problem because of all the names that you're hearing? And I would say, no, it's it's the opposite. I think I, I, I'm pleased to hear that there are multiple um, coaches and their camps being contacted to gauge interest because – you, you don't want to leave any stone unturned. You don't want to have someone that you might have thought, well, they'd never be interested. Turn out to find, you know, find out later that, oh, they were. So we can talk about that and more. Love for you to join in. Again, we're at Sky Bar here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan here at Sky Bar Cafe. Taking your calls, questions, comments, anything on your mind sports-wise. If you want to talk a little basketball, Auburn, Texas Southern tonight. Football, I mean, uh, anything from, you know, the high school action tonight with Auburn and Central over in Phoenix City. Um, of course, the uh, college football this weekend. A lot of eh games. A game that... A game that a lot of people thought was going to be a really, really big ball game in the SEC. Right now, a lot of folks wondering, can it stay under four touchdowns? And that's Georgia at Kentucky. Remember, I think a lot of people thought in the preseason, this is the game for the SEC East. Right, right. I, I think folks who thought Kentucky, I mean, I, I was... I was skeptical. Well, I, I, I didn't know Tennessee was going to be this good, but I thought between Kentucky and Florida and South Carolina and Tennessee, you know, you, you could you could have a bunched up sort of group that's had some that has some distance from the University of Georgia. I, I didn't think Georgia was losing an SEC East game this year. I don't I don't know if you did uh, either. So I mean, it's, probably not. I mean, right? I, mean, no, it's, it's just, I, I thought they I thought they'd run the East. I, I I thought Tennessee would be better. I didn't think Tennessee'd be as good as they are. I thought Kentucky probably wouldn't be as good as they were. A year ago, and that's that's proven. Kentucky, um, how do they bounce back from a loss to Vandy last week? 
Uh, no, I think Kentucky. I mean, that's a that's a shocking game. We haven't talked about it at all because no. of everything else going on in the uh, in, in the in the world of college football. But but no, that that's a. I mean, c- congratulations to Vandy and everything. But that's a yeah, twenty-six that's, game conference yeah. losing streak. Yes, yeah, just I mean, j- just a, just a baffling loss. And and you know, I, I think it it moves Kentucky sort of out of out of the conversation for you know for for anything as far as as far as what they were. To have a special season, they were a top to ten stuff. team. Yeah, briefly I mean, this year. So, so I would. Um, they're not. I mean, they're not Texas A and M. I think, but the, still. I mean, Bill. I think the most interesting games for the playoff picture are probably in the Pac twelve. Yes, this week you've, you've got USC UCLA, which and, is and, and, and Utah Oregon. I mean, SC because of the two losses that the other three teams have, SC still looks like the best chance the Pac twelve has to get a playoff team in. If you didn't hear David Pascal yesterday. He is furious at the notion that a 12 and one USC team. And he's not a Tennessee guy, no, but, but I mean he's there in the state of Tennessee and understands the angst that Tennessee fans are feeling. And he's and he's probably heard from some Tennessee people who cannot well, believe that an 11 and one Tennessee team that only lost to the reigning national champion Georgia Bulldogs might get left out of the college football playoff in favor of a 12 and one Pac-12 champion. I don't USC think Southern team. Cal's going 12 and one. Well, Southern Cal would have to beat UCLA tomorrow in the Rose Bowl. They're a slight favorite. Uh, that game's sold out, by the way. I would imagine a pretty rowdy crowd. You don't see a lot of sellouts at the Rose Bowl no, you don't. In, in the regular season. Uh, U- UCLA or USC, uh, they, I think they host Notre Dame a, uh, a week later. Mm-hmm. And then they would have the Pac-12 championship game, presumably against uh, either Oregon or Utah. And that's probably the winner tomorrow. Yeah, in, I would in think that so. Uh, and, and I would think that... Uh, I mean, Bo Nix, uh, Bo Nix in Oregon maybe could be. The, how healthy is Bo Nix? How healthy is Bo Nix? A fair question. There, there, there's some rumbling that he may have torn something and uh, try, trying to play through that. Utah, a slight favorite in Eugene tomorrow. And if Utah were to be the team waiting for USC in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, that would give USC a chance to avenge a loss from earlier in the season, which would maybe even help their case even more if they were to beat one of the teams that beat them already. This year, they have that chance if they face Utah in the Pac-12. That's true, although Tennessee could then say, and yeah, who did you lose to? Right. Uh, Utah, and what did we do to Florida? I mean, oh, sure. really? I, I, I just, But I could. I, I know. Just, I think I know. US, USC does have the benefit of probably playing three teams that will be ranked in the college football playoff. I'm picking UCLA to, tomorrow. To close the game. I, I think that's, that's maybe the best of the... I mean, I think that Utah's good. You know, if it's Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, I mean, Utah handled USC the first time those two teams played. It it hurts Tennessee to close the year with South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, right. Because although South Carolina six and four, that game's in Columbia. Uh, Tennessee's a three touchdown favorite. People aren't giving them much of a chance. And then Vanderbilt, you know, is is a is a uh, it's a great story right now because they won. But I just wonder if I, I wonder if not having a a huge game. To close the year, maybe maybe puts Tennessee in a vulnerable. I think position. Tennessee. I think Tennessee may may put up more numbers than they did last week against South Carolina. South Carolina got just romped by Florida. Florida just. I mean, Florida destroyed South Carolina. It's been a good story for Shane Beamer this year. They're not a very good team, but they've won some some tight ball games with special teams and turnovers. But they're not very good offensively, and Tennessee. I think Tennessee's looking for style points right now the, too. The, the the other question I would have about the playoff rankings, I would wonder about 
Uh, what do you do with the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game? Are, are they are they totally out of the of, of the college football playoff? I'm not sure. And if TCU keeps winning. A thirteen yeah. and a thirteen and TCU team is going. I think yeah, to, they're, to, they're to the college in. football playoff. And there's also LSU kick, kicking up dust there. I mean, if LSU wins the SEC with a win over Georgia, uh, that would be huge. I can't. I just can't imagine that one. And I'm usually one that. Is is on the don't disrespect LSU. Are they going to win tomorrow? UAB, is UAB, is UAB going to pull, uh, no, pull it off? No, no, they're not. It might be. It might. It might not be the prettiest thing you've ever seen. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Sonny Smith joins us when we come back. We'll talk some Auburn and college basketball. Stick with us here on the drive as we come to you from Sky Bar. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan coming to you from Sky Bar Cafe downtown. And uh, right now we're going to go to the Kia of Auburn hotline. Welcome in one of our favorites, Hall of Famer, legendary, and happy birthday earlier this week to uh, to the one and only Sonny Smith joining us here on The Drive. Sonny, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Bill. It's good to talk to you, my friend. It is great to hear from you. I mean, still, still sounding and uh, sounding great on all the broadcasts. I, I usually don't get a chance to hear that much because I'm, I'm at the games. I had to, uh, I was babysitting the other night because the game was a little early by the time we got off the air. And uh, um, Auburn basketball, as fun as ever, man. This, this, what, a, what a great feeling it is to have the expectations that everybody does and see the the product that that Bruce Pearl continues to put out on the floor. Oh, he does. And, you know, what an atmosphere that you get to see a game and see a game played and coached by a great coach like him. You know, we got I, – I, I traveled to most every arena at one time or other coaching and playing. This might be, Bill, as good a home court advantage from a standpoint of what the students and fans create – uh, as any place I've ever been. And I think that's people need to be applauded for the way they support this basketball team. Well, well coach, and it fits, it fits the, you know, the sort of attacking style that Bruce Pearl is known for on either yes. side of the ball. I, I was struck uh, in the, in the Winthrop game when Auburn's shot started falling. I mean, the defensive intensity was already there. But you, you add some made baskets to it, and you get that crowd in a frenzy, and it's just it's a really hard puzzle to solve for any for any visiting team on that floor. Oh yeah, if you think about it, Bill, and you've watched them for a number of years, very rarely do you ever see a, a Bruce Pearl team that's not a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. They really get after you. They do things well. They they very rarely uh, get in foul trouble in in big games. You know. Uh, and and they the reason I say make a statement like that is how can you play as hard and as well together as they do and not get in foul trouble because they're really physical and uh, they they're by they use their body they bump and 
right? And it's uh, not only are they great defenders, but they're great defenders that don't get in foul trouble a lot, and that's a big thing to me. What is uh, what's been amazing to me is with the turnover that there is in college basketball, and and having as many newcomers as we've seen at Auburn over the last few years, how quickly those guys um, can come in and fit in and build that chemistry. And they're not going to play if they're not getting after it defensively. And that's something I think is a tribute to Bruce and the staff that they have players that play so hard defensively, even the newcomers, the, uh, and, and it, uh, even when they're freshmen. Uh, exactly. Well, I think, you know, I've thought about that, what you just stated over the years, and I think a lot of the stuff that they do from the standpoint of playing hard, play together, is taught in the film room. You ever notice a Bruce Pearl practice? They spend a lot of time prior to coming down to the floor mm-hmm. in, a, in a room together, sometimes an hour or more. And I think he does a great deal of getting his team ready to play in that room as well as down on the court. And I think when you got a doubleheader type of uh, promotion like that, you've got things going for you, and, I, and he definitely does. Co- Coach, Auburn has a couple of... Uh, players who started their careers in mid-major basketball on the roster now. I think it was Zepp Jasper talking to the media yesterday who said because they used to be on mid-major teams themselves, guys like Wendell and Zepp and Jonai Broom understand how big a game at Auburn is for a mid-major program and how it's it's a chance to, to put your your school on the map or your, your basketball team on the map. Or it's, it could be the biggest win of your career. For, for players like this, you've been on both sides of that as a coach. You've been hunting the, the big-time program as, as the upstart coach. You've also been the, the coach at the major program trying to, trying to prevent that upset from happening. And, and I just, I'd love some perspective on, on how powerful or how dangerous you know, that, that, that motivation is for the Davids yeah. that come in and try to beat a Goliath like Auburn. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd do it the day of a game. I don't think you do it in the huddles during the game. I think you do it in practice before you get to the game. And I think that might be one of his strongest points. Uh, I think his team is well prepared physically, mentally, emotionally before they hit the court. And after a kid has played a game here, I don't think he lets courts away from home affect him, the crowds affect him, because he's seeing the effect of crowds here uh, and, and they're, they're, they're ready for most any other arena that they go into as well as for preparation that he puts them through. Bill and Dan here at Sky Bar on the uh, Friday Drive, uh, spending a few minutes with uh, Hall of Fame coach and Auburn analyst Sonny Smith. Sonny, this year, um, it, it's even though last year Auburn had Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, this is probably as formidable a front court as I can recall in a long long time I mean you had some pretty good ones but yes. I mean this is this is a really talented front court and Dan mentioned uh, Janai Broom but uh, with with Jalen Williams and Yoan and Dylan um, there there's some there there's some really impressive guys there down low that that I think are are you know the the uh, really, the sort of the 
they are the the front when you talk about the front court. Mm-hmm. Uh, a re- really strong group that Bruce yeah. and Auburn have. Yeah, I, I would say this: if they shoot the ball well, they're going to be awfully tough to beat, especially because of those guys. They're mm-hmm. big, they're strong, they're they they're unselfish. They get after your defense, they rebound extremely well, and if they if those guys in particular, shoot the ball. I think the perimeter player is going to shoot pretty well before it's over. But those guys shoot the ball, we're going to be awfully tough to beat. Broom is an impressive – I mean, I, I really liked, you know, what we saw when he was at uh, Moorhead just watching him play. And the other night, uh, 20 minutes, not even – you know, I don't think he's 100% yet. But in 20 minutes, 18, 13, and 5, that gives you an idea of what he has – uh, I mm-hmm. think he's just scratching the surface of what he could do offensively. Well, yeah, and he's playing hurt. I think we're going to see uh, Janai be a better player uh, in the all-around game after he gets healthy. And he, uh, you can even, if you've watched him practice and you watched him after he got hurt prior to, uh, before he got hurt and after, you can tell he's still playing a little bit hurt. And I and he's doing extremely well, so I expect that he'll do better when he gets healthy if he stay if he can stay healthy. Coach, I get the sense that when we get into conference play, or even before conference play, when Auburn takes that trip out west and plays uh, USC in Washington, a lot of the success, uh, especially in the half court, is going to depend on the play of of Wendell Green and his shot selection, and and not only that, but but how he sort of dictates things for the rest of the offense. What have you seen from Wendell so far this season, and and your thoughts on on how important he is to to Auburn's success this year? I think uh, sacrificing. You know, I think he could score a lot more if he he wanted to take more shots, but I think he's sacrificing some of that to to make the plays. And getting other people involved in the offense, playing a point guard type of, you know, he doesn't appear to me to be a natural point guard, but he is playing that position and playing it well enough to win big on the big stage. So, uh, when you can take a guy that he plays like a, he plays to me like a second guard, uh, and, and transform him into a guy that's got to give it up as much as shoot it and he's got to set plays up set defenses up and uh yeah he's uh, to me he's a guy that had changed his game a little bit because right now he is the point guard it looks to me like now zip may be that for it's over but i think he's more of a catch and shoot uh, handler uh but uh, i think he he's going to get better as a point guard because he never actually he's been like a shooting guard all his life well, we got our first chance to see uh, Chance Westry the other night, and you can see the athleticism there. And, and he's somebody that I know Bruce has said could play the one, two, or the three. Yeah, and I haven't seen him enough because of him being hurt and and uh, not being able to go to practice as much because of an illness. But he, uh, the, he to me, has, has the body to really help our, our situation. We need... We need a physicality type player. We need that. You look, you look in, uh, at our player, and you see a lot of finesse. And you need somebody to be uh, fin- as, as a physicality uh, show as well as being a finesse player. Coach, I'm not sure we're going to get to talk to you before the trip to Cancun. So I'd, I'd love your thoughts on when a team takes an exotic trip to go play a couple of games. 
you know, the difficulty of you want the players to have fun and enjoy this and make memories that they'll cherish. You're also there to play basketball and play some pretty good teams in basketball and sort of keeping the mindset on the task at hand, even though you might be playing. And I'm calling, uh, I'm going to remotely call some Troy games in Hawaii this weekend. So the Troy women are sort of dealing with this. Yeah, Dan sacrificed. He could have gone, but he decided he'd rather stick around here. That's a long (laughs) flight. I'm I'm a tall guy, coach, and that's a long (laughs) flight. No, but but I'm going to call these Troy games remotely from Hawaii. Troy coaching staff dealing with the same thing. I'd love to know coaches' thoughts on sort of keeping your team focused and ready to play when you're somewhere exciting like Cancun or, or other yeah. other places that host these tournaments? I hated it. I, I'll tell you, <laughs> I hated it because I wanted them to have a good time, but I didn't want them to have too good if they didn't want to commit to more right. practice art and to, to uh, films being shown and, and getting ready for a team. And it, it uh, is one of those danged if you do, danged if you don't type of deals for me. Uh, it, it makes that a little crazy because you've got to take your teams to those places sure. for recruiting. You know, you recruit, you recruit because of some of the places that you play. And, uh, but I've always, I, I was afraid it's having too good a time and not getting ready to play. Uh, it makes that being makes too sense. honest, probably. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Texas Southern tonight. Sonny, uh, what, what do you know about them? Well, I know Johnny Jones. And I know his ability oh, I remember to remember Johnny Jones. Yeah, I, I, his ability to recruit. He did it. He did it at LSU. He did it at uh, Memphis. He's done it uh, all his life. He's been a recruiter. Uh, you know, you never thought of, and he's and it looks like he's turned into a really good coach. You didn't think of Johnny as a coach. You thought of him as a recruiter back when he started at LSU. Uh, people feared it when he went into the homes, and I I would make bets that Johnny's got good players when he hits the floor tonight. Absolutely, Coach. You know, it's uh, it's early in the season. We've seen some surprising uh, some surprising outcomes around the country in college basketball. Uh, Texas A&M, speaking of teams that are, are have to stay focused on the tournament, they just lost to, I think it was Colorado State and, uh, or it was, it was, no, Murray State and Colorado, back-to-back days in a tournament at Myrtle Beach. So, I mean, yeah, we saw I right, watched. Right. Go ahead, Coach. Well, Buzz is a great coach, but Buzz, it may, it may be that they're not as talented as the teams that they're playing. I don't know that that's true. Uh, I've always thought so much of Buzz in the way that he coached, the way he gets teams to play hard. Now, they didn't evaluate the talent when they were playing. I saw him play one of the games, but I've always said this. If Buzz has got talent, he's going to beat you. He's, he's that good a coach. But this game has changed so much. Uh, you get a team shooting, it don't matter what they're running. If they're shooting the ball and they can play any kind of defense, they out of foul trouble and rebound the ball, still can win. But I think Buzz is, I've always thought of him as a coach. Yeah, the, the other thing about it, him is uh, they, they, seem to, they seem to struggle a little bit at the beginning of the year, but by the end of the year, they're usually much, much better. Sonny, I know you've, I know you've got to run here in just a couple of minutes. Really appreciate uh, you, you joining in. Uh, looking forward to talking to you once again on, on a regular basis here on the, on the Oh, my, my pleasure. I enjoy being with you guys. Uh, I, I look forward every time we do it. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I hope you guys get there. Uh, well, hopefully we'll see you over there, Sonny. Thanks a lot. Have fun tonight, Coach. Hey, give, give Andy Thank our best, you. too. He's been doing a great job uh, all, all season in – basketball and and uh, and during the football season 
Uh, you ma- imagine the amount of work he puts in, and he, and he never has an off night. That's a, that's the way I judge that guy. He right, never has an off right night. He, he is terrific, I'll tell you that right now. Good to be with you, fellas. All right, Sonny, take care. Sonny Thank Smith you. joining us, and, uh, yeah, he will be with us on a regular basis throughout the season. We'll see if we can. I mean, I think Fridays are probably going to work uh, best for, for him. Whatever whatever works for him works for us. I, pre- I appreciate how candid Coach was about uh, yeah, about, about when, when he goes well, and plays see, a, that's a basketball Kind of drive coaches crazy because you want your guys to have a good time. But, but you need them focused on the game too. It's not, it's not just a field trip, right? You also no, got, you got a basketball. No, right. you, got, you got a basketball game to play. All right, we need to get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in. Key of Auburn hotline number is three three four three two one thirteen ninety. As we continue from Skybar here on the Friday Drive. What does the farm mean to you? Well, maybe it's a piece of land for production for crops or cattle, or maybe the farm is just a place you can go to relax or enjoy the outdoors. Whatever the farm means to you, First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. We've been financing farms and land since 1916. With competitive rates and flexible terms up to 30 years, our professionals know land and land financing. First South provides fast, friendly turnaround to help you secure your ideal tract of land. The farm could be your next business venture, your next land or timber investment, or perhaps your new getaway. At First South Farm Credit, we will help you know what the farm means to you and make your farm purchase a reality. Go by and visit branch manager Taylor Hart. We're located at 1613 Frederick Road in Opelika, near Tigertown. For more information, go to FirstSouthLand.com. That's FirstSouthLand.com. Equal housing lender. On The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Friday about-to-be evening Bill and Dan coming to you from Skybar Cafe, and we'd love for you to uh, join us now. You can just join us by phone because they'll be opening uh, at 6. So you can join us by phone, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind, sports-wise, our thanks. And we really, really do appreciate Sonny Smith joining us. Uh, and, and he'll be joining us um, weekly throughout basketball season and, and maybe even beyond. Here on the drive. Yeah, really appreciate, uh, really appreciate Sonny Smith as always. Looking forward to getting a chance to talk with him before Auburn, Texas Southern. Yeah. Tonight. Looking forward to talking to him, you know, throughout the rest of the season. It was, it, we were looking forward to talking to him before tonight's game because, yeah, I mean, it's not, it, it's, it's not maybe the juiciest matchup, and and Texas Southern d- doesn't have. Uh, I've forgotten Johnny Jones was their coach, the former LSU guard, and then um, LSU coach, Memphis coach. And Sonny's right. He uh, he brought in some serious talent to those uh, to those schools. And, and they've seen some pretty good teams up close. I believe they've beaten they've beaten Arizona State uh, this year, and they have a that uh, uh, they have a, uh, a loss to Houston as well, who's in the top five. Oh yeah. So I mean, they've they've seen some good teams up close this year. I don't know how much that's going to. I mean, the, the Houston game wasn't terribly competitive. So I, I, I'm not you know going to mm-hmm. go much further than they shared a court. 
with the Houston Cougars, uh, but it's a it's a team that, that probably won't back down. And like some of the uh, like some of the players were saying yesterday, they recognize that this is a chance to have a monumental win if you're a Texas Southern player or a Texas Southern coach to go to Neville Arena and beat Auburn on their home floor would be enormous and they're looking for a chance to uh, to, to have that sort of victory and Auburn's got to uh, Auburn's got to focus on holding off the upset and you can say the same thing um, about football with Western Kentucky got a couple of minutes left here in hour number one let's uh, get to the phone and Rob is up next hey good evening guys how you doing, yeah, Rob? I, I, uh, so uh, far, so, so good, good for the good. night. I, <laughs> no problems no problem. yet. Hey, uh, hey uh, any, anything new with the coaching search? I haven't been able to tune in. Not really. I mean, a couple of – it seems like every day there's another name or two. I, I think I said this yesterday that a uh, – um, a, a, a very good source told me that there had probably been a dozen head coaches – that had been, or uh, their representatives had been contacted to sort of gauge interest. I believe that John Cohen, Rich McGlynn are really trying to do their due diligence and contact everyone who could possibly fit as, you know, the best candidate at Auburn and uh, that, that leaving no one out. I know our buddies at the 24-7 affiliate, I don't know if they have the credit, you know, on the exclusive here. They put James Franklin on a hot board Yesterday, it sort of had the blogosphere going crazy. I wouldn't and, be shocked at that. I think James Franklin has been checking opportunities for the last couple of years. You know, we were just talking during the commercial break about this, Rob. And with James Franklin, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because he does check a lot of boxes, although there are some questions, you know, as, as far as the results he's had at Penn State. At, well, you'd want to go somewhere you're going to be. You're going to be hailed as a conquering hero. And I just wonder how James Franklin's hiring would be received by the rank-and-file fans that expect maybe a name even bigger than James Franklin. I, I don't know. It's, it's I asked that the last few minutes of the show yesterday. We can carry that into hour number two, get folks' thoughts on that. And uh, we, may, we may have something uh, interesting for folks that are looking for something to do this weekend as well. So stick with us. We're halfway done here on the Friday Drive from Skybar. ESPN 1067. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. B is cruising toward his new ride with AutoSafe. And Joe sees Chase Banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of FDIC. Doug Brown, the Buffalo Bills canceled practice today with heavy snowfall in western New York. Because of that weather, the Bills game with the Browns will be played in Detroit on Sunday. The team will travel tomorrow. 
The Patriots host the Jets Sunday, and ESPN's Mike Reese believes this is a crucial game for New England because of what's down the road. Look what's coming up after this game. At Minnesota, 8-1 team on the road Thanksgiving night, and then come back home the next Thursday at home against the Bills. So if you don't get this game, your season might be headed in the wrong direction. Mike Reese on KJ and Max. Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing is charged with DUI and speeding after the team came back to Nashville. The Titans beat the Packers in Green Bay last night. The Angels make a trade with the Twins to get third baseman Gio Urshela. Minnesota gets a minor league pitcher. And in the new FIBA World Basketball Rankings, Spain is number one with Team USA now second falling out of the top spot for the first time since 2010. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times where you can save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan coming to you from Skybar Cafe downtown. That's right. Thrilled to be here for uh, another Friday. Last time we're going to do this for uh, football season 2022. So definitely want to say thanks again to the uh, to the great management and staff here at Skybar Cafe who have helped uh, take care of us. Encourage you to check them out. Doors open tonight at 6 o'clock. Tomorrow they'll be opening at 2 p.m. In time mm. uh, for you to get situated before kickoff yep. if you're not going to Auburn versus Western Kentucky. Also, they've got a, a neutral snap tonight, uh, Shackelford Lane uh, tomorrow night. Cool stuff going on uh, all weekend long here at Sky Bar. And like we were saying, they'll have the Auburn-Texas Southern game on the screens tonight. So if you're looking for somewhere to watch uh, the Auburn basketball game starting at 7, uh, come on by Sky Bar and uh, and they will uh, they'll, they'll get they'll have you covered. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through. 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center. Again, that's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. I know we got texts. Hanging on, I wanted to finish sort of the thought we had there before the music cut us off about James Franklin because he is a name that's generated a lot of buzz of late. Well, and we talked about him right at the end of the show yesterday, saying his name had surfaced as well. Don't be surprised at any name you hear. Don't that doesn't mean that they are really uh, that they are definitely interested in the job. Some will be. Some will be. 
um, letting their names be out there because it is beneficial to them at their current job. Others, um, you know, it, it might not be about the salary always. It might be about some of the other things that they would that they uh, would like to have with their programs. But some of these guys, you can't rule out anyone being interested. This is a very big job. So with that, I asked this yesterday. We were talking about this earlier. If James Franklin were, if, if it were learned that James Franklin was truly interested in the job, how would you feel as an Auburn fan? Yeah, I mean, J James Franklin is someone that it seems like would check if the most important box, and I know other people could say, I mean, look, there's, I mean, is, is he going to win games? He can recruit. Yeah. Is he going to win games? He's won is, some is, big is, games. Is, you know, is he going to win games? He's won in the box? SEC. If, if, you're, if you're wondering about, yeah, his recruiting record makes it an interesting, and, and certainly you know, not, not only the talent he's been able to bring to Penn State, but the fact that he was able to bring enough talent to Vanderbilt to make them as relevant as they were when James Franklin was the coach. Back-to-back nine-win seasons you know, at Vandy. It, it, it makes it an interesting proposition at the same time. Uh, you know, does, are you worried about the results of the last few years at Penn State? I mean, the conference record is nothing. I think it's borderline 500 it is. over the last three seasons at Penn State, a place where I mean, they, they should have more resources than most of the teams on their schedule. I raised the point that maybe James Frank would be better off if he wants to leave going somewhere that would receive him like a... Somewhere like, that's been down or yeah. hasn't won a lot and is hoping to build, you know, not, not immediately content. I look at the other Power 5 jobs that are available, Nebraska, Arizona State, Colorado, all of those places would welcome James Franklin as a yeah, as a right. god. You know, if that if that guy made the jump, Auburn, I wonder how how it would be received. Let's find especially out, especially in the name of some of the other uh, the hires out. Yeah, there. Yeah, let's find out. We'll get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and uh, Tex gets us started this hour. Hey, Tex. Hey, I'll give you my uh, James Franklin answer. Uh, most people won't like him if he's not the name that they came up with and that they've liked all along. Uh, that so that is that, true. That's kind of been the Auburn way. Uh, yep. to, to do it through coaching. I, I think he would be a solid hire. I think he would per be perceived in most places other than in Auburn as a splash hire, but the, I don't think the Auburn people would list him as a splash hire. There, there are a couple of names that have been mentioned that, uh, that, that I think the, uh, the Auburn family, the Auburn fan base would, uh, would respond in a more positive manner if it weren't the guy that they wanted. But there mm -hmm. aren't very many of those names. Right. I agree. So I called Bill because uh, I meant to call yesterday. Uh, there's there's a member of the Auburn family that you've known longer than I have. I don't know if you mentioned it yesterday. Uh, I met him 40 years ago. He's a big part of my family. He and his wife are a big part of our family. They were huge women's basketball and baseball fans. But yesterday was Floyd's birthday, and I'm positive he's was. listening today. And, and, and of course, he spent his birthday, uh, <laughs> you know, with with Teresa, who is do, who is doing uh, very well. We understand. So yes, and and that that is Floyd. He's uh, he and Teresa are godparents to our youngest, and he's a great Auburn man, uh, great married to a great Auburn woman, and they have treated us like family since the day that they met us. So uh, happy belated birthday by 24 hours 
uh, to you, Floyd. So, and I know he's listening today because they made it back home. That is uh, right. The other I, thing yeah, I had to check in. Both, both, uh, yeah, both Kathy and I were checking in to make sure yeah. uh, earlier today. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I, and I usually can uh, can can remember. It it really helps that uh, mm-hmm. that my younger son's birthday is the day before Floyd. So that helps me right. remember both of them. Yes. So going back to the coaching search, because I may, I want to make sure I got that in. Look, the more, the more I hear people talk about, excuse me, the more I hear the talking heads and know where they went to school say that Lane Kiffin is not a good fit at Auburn, tells me that he's a really good fit at Auburn. You've got Georgia people, Florida people, you've got well, Alabama people for sure. Alabama people, everybody's telling you how he's not such a good fit. To me, that's telling me that he is a good fit. And I hope we find a way to do something that isn't typically done. The the quote-unquote front runner makes mm-hmm. it all the way to the end and ends up with the job. I hope we do that because I think he scares the mess out of a lot of people in our conference. The James Franklin thing, by the way, coaches like that will have interest in this job because the landscape of college football has changed, and the leader of the pack in that change is the Southeastern Conference. That being the case, that's where head coaches want to go because they're going to get paid really well, and if they do really well, they're going to get paid even better. So I think with the landscape change, we're going to there's probably names that have kind of been mentioned slightly that have been eager to find out about this job. And uh, I, I, it's really going to be interesting what the next, what is it now, so probably say today's Friday. The next Ten seven days. days bring. Sure. Well, I say seven because I, yeah. I, I say if it's Kiffin, it's Friday, a week well, from if, today. If Lane, yeah, if Lane Kiffin doesn't agree to that contract extension, then, 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 yes, it's it's going to be like Tex. I want to. I, mean, I want to. It's ask, not public that he's agreed here. It's, it's interesting you mentioned the part about fit because what I've heard more, maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's generational. What I've heard more are people raising the point of, well, why would Lane Kiffin leave? What does he gain by making the jump from Ole Miss to Auburn? You are intimately familiar with several different programs in the SEC West and the resources available to them. Mm-hmm. I'd like your perspective on what Lane Kiffin would potentially gain by making the jump from Ole Miss to Auburn? Uh, he I, Significantly quicker chance to play for a national title, which is what every head coach wants to do, and to do that more often than not. A, the opportunity to recruit a traditional hotbed of, if you find a way to get into Georgia and get people Again, the panhandle of Florida, get people again, and then take your 10 or 12 out of the state of Alabama. You get back to the kind of Pat Dye years when we were loaded in lineups and guys played in the NFL, a lot of guys played in the NFL. The the resources, the recruiting base, uh, the fan base, the alumni base, uh, the money base, it's just a complete. You're, you're comparing apples to oranges, and I don't mean I'm not slapping old man, old Miss people in the face. But look, they, when's the last time they won an SEC title? And when they get a chance to go to the SEC championship game, not as just spectators, then it's going to be the first time that they ever did that. That's right. And I just don't see, you know, a guy like Kiffin, who I think really. I think he wants his chances to really stick it to the guy that's 
100 and what 19 miles up to the north northwest from us uh then then i think he has a better opportunity to do that here than he does at Ole miss uh, i agree tex appreciate the call man all right 334-321-1390 and james is up next hey james hey guys um, I'm sorry about yesterday. I got cut off somehow. Uh, I was going to ask y'all my second question. Um, what is the deal with Ole Miss's NIL money situation? Because I know it's not comparable to Auburn's, but what I understand, like the state of Mississippi doesn't really, I don't, I don't understand that. No, they're, they're two different things. The state of Mississippi doesn't allow contracts to state employees of more than four years. So okay. that's been one thing as far as the money. Now, a lot of the money doesn't come from from the state contractor, from the state funds, from the university. But you can't have a contract that goes more than four years. That's why it's common there that they try to every year roll over a contract. The yeah. NIL is a completely different thing. They don't have the limitations. They just don't have... <clears throat> they they really haven't had the resources. Now, there's no question they really want to keep Lane Kiffin, and I believe they, they're claiming that over the last week they've raised $4.5 million uh, to what was basically a non-existent NIL fund that they had. That, I think, still, you know, Auburn had already talked about triple that and having something like that on a on a regular basis before they really pushed hard starting this past week. So so they're trying to catch up, but they've got, you know, it, it, it's really going to be difficult, and I, I'd say virtually impossible for them to catch up with NIL. And even before this season, uh, if you remember back when when uh, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher had their, uh, their blow-up about NIL during the offseason, Lane Kiffin was right there also mentioning that he was getting right. outbid for players that he wanted. And there were – Lane Kiffin told a story – during the offseason, that he was on a kid for two years. He was the first Power 5 offer this kid received, and then this kid got a call from a different coach that he's never met before and had a significantly larger NIL opportunity at that school and chose to play at that school instead within 48 hours. And that's the sort of thing that Lane mm -hmm. Kiffin sees recruiting becoming if, if uh, you know, rules don't change and, and a lot you know, doesn't, doesn't happen in the, in the NIL space. And, and he's, he's expressed... And, you know, and you wonder how much of it's politics and how much of it is, you know, Lane Kiffin trying to spur <laughs> Ole Miss to give more and how much of it's genuine lamenting. That can only give so much. Yeah, of, of, of stuff he'll never have. Uh, but, but Lane Kiffin has, has sort of suggested he's not playing on an even playing field as some of the top contenders in the SEC West while he's at Ole Miss. And see, to me, too, I think not only is it about NIL for him, but the facilities aspect for right. Ole Miss is not comparable to Auburn's facilities, not in my mind anyways, you know. Well, it's I all talent acquisition, right? NIL's one up. I mean, they're all like the, the, the they're all tools in the toolbox. You, you know, you, you hope you hope you do the old field of dreams. If you build it, yeah. they will come. I mean, it's that's what the facilities. I mean, the, the new you know football facility is sure it's it's for function, but it's also for tremendously for recruiting. But who just made the, wasn't it Bruce Pearl who just made the point within the last couple of months that facilities are becoming a smaller part right. of the recruiting picture and NIL is becoming but it's still a part. It, it it is, but but it's still I mean it's all it's all about ways to bring players to your roster 
and um, NIL and, and facilities and other things work in concert in that regard. And that sort of speaks to what Tex was just saying about the opportunities that Auburn can offer a football coach that Ole Miss can't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I hear a lot of stuff, guys, and I don't really want to comment on radio about it because I'm, I'm like you, Dan. I don't want to speculate on rumors. So, But I hear a lot of stuff about this coaching search, but it's not something I really want to talk about over the radio because I just I don't like getting into that kind of stuff. So. Sure. No, gotcha. I mean, and, and it does uh, sound like... But I, I, what I just wanted people to know is because you're hearing a lot of names, don't be concerned. That doesn't mean that John Cohen doesn't know what he's doing. Well, and, and it would make sense that this is a job that for, for coaches all around college football, much the same way LSU last year yep. was was a destination job for the best group of five coaches, coaches that maybe could could be uh, you know could could be in a better situation at the Power Five or maybe even a coach that you think is in a dream situation at the Power Five and would never leave, uh, but might might think that a jump to the SEC mm-hmm. would be prudent if he wants to stay on top for the next couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Good stuff, James. Thanks for the call. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, Bill and Dan coming to you from Sky Bar Cafe. It's the one thing we mentioned about the timeline, If and, and, and I know uh, Tech sort of spilled the beans there and mentioned that, you know, especially if it's Kiffin, you know, you're going to know by end of business. Oh, you, you could know by Black Friday. You, yes. If, if it's Kiffin, you could know by end of business Monday at the latest. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh Monday, if, by in what Monday? This coming Monday? No, no, the 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 twenty it was the twenty. You know, we well, well, again, what I said: if Lane Kiffin has not agreed to the new contract by the Egg Bowl, that doesn't look good for Ole Miss keeping it. How about this: if Lane Kiffin isn't Auburn's coach by end of business Monday, the twenty eighth, yes, he's probably, then it's probably someone else. It's probably going to be someone else, right? Now, if Auburn doesn't have a coach by end of business on the twenty eighth. Could it be because they got a coach in a conference championship maybe. game waiting to finish maybe. out the season a couple of days later? Maybe, just maybe. This is an interesting time when uh, uh, you know next week, and especially after next week is over, the longer Auburn goes without a coach, the uh, and 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 the, the wilder is going to get. The message boards will just be they will have lost <laughs> their minds. All right, we'll get to our first break. I tell you what, before we get to our first break. Anybody interested Ooh. in a pair of tickets to tomorrow's Auburn Western Western Kentucky football game? If so, the first caller, 334-321-1390, Drew will set you up. We'll just need your email because they are digital tickets. We'll email those tickets to you if you want a pair of tickets. And these are good tickets. These are good tickets for tomorrow's Auburn Western Kentucky game. Give Drew a call. We'll get to our first break of hour number two here of the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive Friday evening from Skybar Cafe. Bill and Dan, and congratulations to Mike Armiger, who won the uh, tickets to tomorrow's Auburn-Western Kentucky game. 
Uh, appreciate you uh, listening and, and enjoy the game tomorrow. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. And Jay is up next. Hey, Jay. Yeah, hey, guys. A C- couple things. Uh, James Franklin, I don't think he's all that great of a fit. Uh, public perception by Auburn people probably wouldn't be all that great either. Uh, if he can't win a uh, NC up there in Penn State, what makes him think that he could win one here? But anyway, another thing, I was going to ask you if you'd heard this little rumor, and it's nothing about the Auburn search, but this is something I read today, uh, something about if Jimbo Fisher he was to be fired, Deion Sanders is, is, is a good candidate, a good opportunity for the Aggies to hire. Have y'all heard that? Uh, I, I have heard a couple of different things along those lines. I think, I think Jimbo Fisher would not mind, uh, cashing in or, or whatever, uh, taking, taking the money and he would be probably very welcomed in his home state of West Virginia. Uh, so, so that part of it, that part of it, I, I wouldn't be shocked at if they can work something out or, or maybe he can lose to UMass tomorrow, and they will fire him, and he'll go he and get the like, full and go there. I, I don't think I don't know that Dion is the kind of guy that Texas A&M is going to be looking for because Dion's the big thing about Dion that everyone feels is what a great recruiter. That's not Texas A&M's problem. Texas A&M is looking for someone who is a proven great. Offensive coach. Did, did, doesn't Barkley have something to do with this? Didn't I, I feel like Charles Barkley I, I on the think, next round? Yeah, that and and I'll tell you what we speculated when Charles Barkley said that he talks to Dion a lot and he he felt that Dion would be an SEC coach next year. I think he's talking Mississippi State. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I t- I tell you what, I think Jimbo is just waiting to get his check and ask what door he needs to go out. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can understand that. I mean, man, if I had $85 billion and people hating oh, on yeah. me that much, it's like, yeah, maybe maybe I would uh, send a few more guys out well, tomorrow against UMass. And the other thing is, if, I mean, if you're getting, if you fire a guy who's building top five recruiting classes, if you pay him $86 million and buy him out. It's like, thanks for all the players, well, but how, uh, how he about, didn't get any how wins. How much pressure is there on the next guy to recruit? Right, you fire Jimbo Fisher. Oh, well, the next guy doesn't have to recruit as well. He just needs to win. Oh, he's going to have to recruit, though, too. Yeah, but to you know win, what? To win, I know. Right, I know, right I know. now, Texas A&M would swap that number one recruiting class for a 10-win season. Cer- certainly. I mean, Absolutely. clearly it's not, it's, not just about the, it's not just about the recruiting. But there's going to be I, – I still think – Oh, the expectation will be they, that whoever they get will be able to recruit. But I would think they'd be, they'd be looking more – you know, A&M might be interested in James Franklin. He can recruit. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. probably not. I don't know if he's be a big enough splash. I think Jimbo survives. I think he's there next year. I, I think he does too. I think he does too. I, I think they're going to force him. I really think that it's real important that they get Lane Kiffin because I think not only for recruiting but for the portal and all that. I, I think, like I said, we'll we'll know something either before or after that Igbo. Yep. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good evening. Appreciate the call, Jay. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of speculation after what Charles Barkley had to say a couple of days ago. But yeah, think about it. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, I don't, I don't know how firm the ground that Mike Leach is standing on is right now because John Cohen 
is the guy who hired Mike Leach. There are a lot of Mississippi State folks. I know, I know some Mississippi State folks that just go, yeah, he's a character, um, but we're not, they're not really sure that things are, you know, headed, are, are going to be in the direction that they would like. He's not a great recruiter. He is, you know, he's, he's always had good offenses, but I don't know that that is exactly what Mississippi State wants to be known as, as that kind of, of of offense, sort of sort of a sideshow is what I think some Mississippi State fee- people feel. I'd be nervous about unless you've got your guy locked up. I'd be nervous about pushing. Well, what Leach. what would you think about Dion? Dion, De- there a, couldn't yeah. be a bigger splash that Mississippi State could make. Right, and Dion makes sense there because I, you know, I've one of the things that I've been skeptical about with Dion at Auburn is, you know, I think if Dion seems to make more sense at a place with limited football tradition because Deion Sanders shows and, up and, and, and not, not of, a great track record of yeah. recruiting the, the top, top players. Yeah. I, I think Deion Sanders sort of washes away a lot of, of what's happened in the past in a program. And mm-hmm. there are some tradition rich programs that don't want all of that. That's right. Washed away, that you know, amid, right. amid a tide of, of Deion Sanders, uh, Deion Sanders mania, a place like Mississippi state might be a little bit more receptive to becoming you know, a, a full bore sort of Deion Sanders show. Although you mentioned, you know, the, the sideshow aspect of it with, with Mike Leach. I mean, a situation where the coach gets more attention than anything going on with the team might be what you get when Deion Sanders is your, is your coach as well. A lot of it depends on what kind of players he brings in, right? If he's bringing in, if he's bringing in championship caliber talent, and the story won't be just Deion Sanders. No, that's be, right. And be. I think that's the expectation that he's going to bring in great players. I'll tell you a guy, if, if Texas A&M, Made a change. Sonny Dykes is the guy to watch out for. It would be tough for him to say no to Texas A&M to get to stay there in the state. John, hang on. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. You'll be up when we come back here on the Friday Drive from Sky Bar. On the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Back final 25 minutes or so of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan here at Sky Bar Cafe in downtown Auburn. And let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John has been hanging on for a little while. Hey, John. Hey, John, you there? I think John's trying to pick up the phone. Oh. All right. We may. (laughs) John. I hear, I hear something. Almost, yeah. We feel like we're close. John. 
Hello, John. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check back yeah, with John. I get to use we'll, my we'll catchphrase. We'll, we'll, don't hang up on him. We'll check oh, okay. back here in just all right. a second. All right. But I wanted to say, you know, a game. to hang up on him. Uh, no, no, don't hang up on him. I mean, he, uh, call back. he may have dropped the phone like no. down and, you know, he may be in the him. car and he dropped it down between his seats or something. That's, That's what it sounded like. Could be an emergency. Yeah, I mean, it, really, really. So so we'll get back to him in a second. I said, one of the games that we haven't mentioned anything about, what do you think about Ole Miss at Arkansas? I wonder, Ole Miss, man, a, a crushing loss for them last week. They were there. They, they you know, their chance of the uh, the college football playoffs, uh, any hopes of making the SEC championship game, dashed as it came down to the last play, and that fourth down pass is, uh, you know, is is incomplete. I wonder, with all the the stuff that's going on around Lane Kiffin and them being eliminated. How Ole Miss plays in Fayetteville tomorrow? You know, even if even if you took the stakes out of it, right? Like I think that's still a, a situation where Arkansas is a bad matchup for that defense. I agree, right? I mean, if if, Ar- if KJ's healthy, you, you if get- KJ and and it's supposed to be really really cold tomorrow in Fayetteville. I mean, that, that's a that's a team that can run the football. Arkansas had some defensive problems of their own. They so have. You, so you wonder. If this I think is it's going to be a heck of a ball game. Yeah, I mean, you, you wonder if it's close. Of course, what was it? Fifty two, fifty one last year, I believe. I think that was. A, I think we have John back with and, us. And, and without KJ, without KJ, oh I think no, Ole, Ole Miss rolls. Yeah, I yeah. think I think they can't keep up. John, you there now? I am, guys. Hey, just a couple quick thoughts. I heard Texas call earlier. I really think he's probably one of the better callers to your show. Very sensible. Agreed. Um, I mean, he's very rational. I I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like Texas. <laughs> okay, he's very irrational. No, Texas. I like Texas. <laughs> uh. I, I agree with a lot of what he said about uh, Lane Kiffin. Um, kind of the only concern I have about him, and I have one other thought, is does um, does the situation with Jimbo Fisher not give schools a little bit of pause about giving potentially like a 10-year type contract to an additional coach? Um, that's really the only real thought I had is I'd love to get Lane Kiffin, but not if it's maybe like a 10-year contract. I just don't know how anyone can kind of justify that. Now, John, I agree with you. I agree with you there. I think time is a bigger concern than the amount of the contract. Now, I think that is that's the bigger concern. I think there are there are schools that would are going to hesitate to go more than uh, you know seven or eight is a long time. But, but I think I think going over going beyond that into ten is something where where you feel like you know it's not the amount of money almost. It is just the time that's there. But the, but the amount of money fully guaranteed is, is also yes. important. And that, and that plays hand-in-hand hand with the now, length of the deal. Now, coaches want time. Coaches want more than four years because they you know they, they want that assurance that, hey, if, if they're not given that time, they're going to be given the money. You know, to, but that's why I think when you know we heard early on, and I don't know anything if, if, if this is true, but we were hearing that, that Auburn's uh, offer was in the seven, eight-year range for somewhere in the 11 to 12 million per year. To answer John's question, no, I don't think schools that are prioritizing football success are looking at the Jimbo Fisher situation turning sour and thinking, oh, let's limit the amount we want to offer the coach that we like. I think some schools that are indifferent towards football might think, you know what, we don't need to pay a coach five True. million if we could pay someone three million and he's going to deliver roughly the same amount of success. Maybe we don't need to give that extra year. It might become like baseball, right, where where teams are a lot more nervous to give that extra year some or are. that extra yeah. yeah some some programs mm-hmm. and other programs like in baseball, if they got the guy they want, they're they're going to go out and they're going to get him. Yeah, 
Just one final thought on that, though. If I'm dealing with, say, Jimmy Sexton, it seems to me I would throw uh, the Jimbo Fisher thing back in his face and say, hey, we can't force ourselves to be stuck with a guy like this. So I'm just wondering at what point does his aggressiveness actually work against him in the coaching market? That's all I got. I appreciate it, guys. All right, John. I I, thought, I, I think it's ways down the road. Something's got to change before that works against him because there are schools that want those top guys, and they want, they'll do – They'll pay whatever to be able to try to get them. Yeah, we, we had somebody calling earlier in the week and sort of asking, like, well, in, if Auburn's negotiating with Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze, for example, what sort of leverage does Auburn have to avoid a situation like they've had where they're paying a big buyout? Short answer is none, none with Lane Kiffin. None. Because they're trying to get Lane Kiffin to leave a, a good situation. Right. Like, if, if, Auburn's gonna, if Auburn wants Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin's got the cards to make Auburn pay what Auburn's going to need to pay to go get him. Hugh Freeze, maybe it's a little different because right. Hugh Freeze would need, you know, he, he'd be at liberty. And if you want to call his bluff of, okay, we'll stay where you are. If you, if you don't like Auburn's mm-hmm. offer, Hugh Freeze might be a little more inclined. To yeah, do. Hugh Freeze, I mean, right now, Lane, Lane looks like he's got the opportunity to make uh, $9.5 million dollars for the next four years, staying at Ole Miss. Yeah, the threat of staying where you are is a different proposition. That's not the worst thing that could, you know, that could possibly happen. And it's to not a, it's not a, a terrible, coach. not a terrible no. situation for Hugh Freeze either, because he's no, got, he's got everything he wants, but he's not in the SEC. Right. And there are players. I mean, quite simply, I'm not asking the question to people: What does Hugh Freeze gain making the jump from from Liberty? See, Jimmy to Sexton has so many of these guys; he can sort of play them against each other, and everybody comes out winning, except for the schools that are paying for it. They hopefully get wins from those coaches. I believe we have another John on the phone next. Hey, John. Hey, this is me again. Sorry about that. This phone's no like handling nitroglycerin, <laughs> but uh. I had a, a question or a question and a statement. I personally believe that Hugh Freeze is a better cultural fit in Auburn. Somebody told me that knew him personally that he would be basically like a Tommy Tuberville, but a much better recruiter as far as getting along with the fans and alumni functions and that kind of stuff. Where I've, I agree with that. Whereas I, I do. I whereas absolutely I've been told agree Lane with Kiffin that. absolutely despised you know the golf tournaments and the public event kind of stuff. Lane's not a people person. He's not. I mean, a lot of a lot of folks think he is because uh, of of how active he is on Twitter. But Lane is not a people and, person. And it does feel like, and we're we're going to let you finish, John. We're not we're not cutting you off. I promise. But it it also feels like for older Auburn fans who want a folksy mayoral candidate type of head coach, Hugh Freeze is appealing in that regard. It does feel like for younger fans, it's about results and it's about what's happening on Saturday and the rest of the stuff is irrelevant. And that's why maybe there's, I don't know, it does feel like the older, the you know, I've noticed that, that older fans seem to be more open to Hugh Freeze maybe than younger fans that have their eye on, well, how, how many games are we talking about him winning last year? How many games are we talking about winning next year with, with Lane Kiffin? Well, I may qualify as an older fan. I turned 52 today, so I may be in that demographic. Yeah, and, and, and age is relevant, Well, happy too. birthday. I mean, some of it's perspective, uh, and absolutely happy birthday to you, John. But my other question is, if uh, Kiffin was to leave Auburn, or excuse me, if Kiffin was to leave Ole Miss, is there any way that uh, Ole Miss may uh, bring back Hugh Freeze? I, I heard somebody else ask that. I wonder. I mean, a lot of new folks over there at Ole Miss now. I, I'm, I'm sure his name would be mentioned i wonder if he would really be in the mix i'd sort of doubt it but 
That's a very interesting question. My my suggestions question. my suggestions at Ole Miss, you know, and you you mentioned Jeff Lebby. I don't know if that was on the air, or off the air. No, it was probably. Maybe it may have be, been on maybe the there'd air. Maybe there be a pursuit there. If uh, Ole Miss were looking for a coach, we, guys, we were talking about during the break. You know, the first call I'm making is Jamie Chadwell at Coastal. It I think Dave like, Clawson at, at Wake. I, I, I think Chadwell would be an excellent cultural fit for Ole mm-hmm. Miss and the offense. You know, maybe could you know could could uh, convince some players to stick around. Because that's an exciting right. brand of offense they're playing at Coastal Carolina. He's been one of the most successful group. Of they want players. an offensive coach. There's no and, question and about that. And then there's there's the there's the question of Dion. I still think Dion Dion makes more open. sense at State than he does at Ole Miss. Can you imagine how bad the people in Ole Miss are going to feel if Lane Kiffin leaves them? And oh, then Dion. If, if you remember the Tommy Tuberville stuff, it won't even be close. It will be yeah. much. Much worse, and it can, and you can save it a little bit by hiring the right guy. Oh, but the but hate for Auburn is not going to diminish. No, but, but I can no, tell it's you gonna, that. Yeah, it's, it's going to get ugly as far as the yeah the the anger towards Kiffin and and, and Auburn if, if that's the way it plays out. So, all right, y'all have a good weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Chris is up next. Oh, hey, Chris. Hey guys, I was just uh, wanting to know. Regardless of who the coach is, do you think we will lose the current head coach? Hmm. I hope not. I and and now I will say I don't think that you have to have a directive from the AD that he has to keep Carnell Williams on the staff. I would think that most uh, most of the candidates we've heard are would understand the importance of of Cadillac to this to this school, to this team, to this program. So unless they've got just unless they have a uh, you know a full staff including a running backs coach and you know top recruiters that they absolutely have to have, uh, I'd, I'd hate to lose Carnell, but I don't think you I don't think you can demand that a, any head coach has to keep him on the staff. Yeah, I'm against ultimatums in that regard. You know, if a coach is so indispensable that he needs to be on the staff next year, then maybe you just make him the head coach if he's if he's that indispensable to the operation. So I'd be I'd be open to Cadillac sticking around. Absolutely. I'm I'm a, I'm a believer that he's got a bright future whether it's at Auburn or somewhere else, both next couple of years and long term. Earlier in the week, I said that South Florida should interview him to be the head coach. South Florida fired Jeff Scott Earlier this year, he's a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer with SEC experience who's currently the interim coach at a football powerhouse. I think he checks a lot of boxes at USF if, if they want to go in that direction. But, but no, I, I'd love to see an invitation extended to Cadillac by the, uh, by the next coach if they can make it work. But he surely believes the orange and blue. That is no so doubt. Good. All right, boys. You have a good one. Appreciate the call, Chris. 334-321-1390. I'm not trying to poach all the coaches away from next year's Auburn staff. I would consider uh, Travis Williams at, at USF as well, the current defensive coordinator at UCF, who is – he made a Broyles list earlier yep. this week, didn't he? The defensive yeah, coordinator, you know, former Auburn linebacker, former Auburn assistant, now Gus Malzahn's D.C. at, uh, at, at UCF. And somebody who – would you say it's fair, Bill? Uh, we could be hearing more of Travis Williams' name – as Auburn's next coach assembles a staff. Oh, yes. That, that, I, I don't think there's any question about that. that you will. You will hear his name, regardless will, of who that coach is. Yeah, that, that will be a popular name for, for Auburn's defensive coordinator post, potentially. Randy is up next on the drive. Hey, Randy. Hey, guys. This just all, it just, it, it just wears you out. Can you remember back when you were five, six, seven years old and you, you had 
presents under the tree that your parents gave it to you, and you wanted to go just peel the tape back and kind of see what they were giving you, you know. And 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 you're you're hoping it's what you wanted. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. Why can we not all just sit back and wait for Christmas when the presents are open? There it is. Because all the talk we do is not going to do one thing about it. But just, no, you're right. You're absolutely out. right about that. Yeah, but but I, I think people like being able to stake their claim as to who their guy is, their preferred candidate. And even, you know, if, if, there's, if there's a name you're opposed to, you know, as, you know, wh- why that is, you're right. A lot of this, I mean, if, if you remember the show two years ago. We did this for weeks, and then a guy. I don't, from, there was not one mention of yeah, Brian Harson's name. And then name. a guy from Idaho right. gets the yeah. job that we hadn't you debated want, at all. You want so. to be right. You want to be right. You want to be right, but you want to peel the tape back, and then, oh, that's not what I wanted. It's just, it, it is so much. We 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 try to make fools out of ourselves, really, because it's going. Oh wow, that's not what I thought. It's two hours a day of shaking a box that we can't open yet, Randy, trying to, trying to guess what's... Hoping you don't break it, too. That's the other thing. Remember when you used to shake them, then you'd open it, and it's like you'd broken it because you yeah, shook it too try, much. Trying to guess what's inside. There's only about two guys you need to get in their brain. That's the only way you're going to know. But you know what? We're having fun doing it. You can talk about it, and there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. There's going to be a lot of people saying, I told you so. So. Uh, probably, probably so. Safe I can't even say absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who knows if it's a name out of left field that nobody thought about. Yeah, it could I be mean, that guy from Winnipeg we were talking yeah, about I earlier. I don't think it's that. I don't I'm, think it's Mike O'Shea either. I'm, I'm, over, I'm almost to the point where I'm, it's going to be say, I told you so. It's just it's getting that weird. So, hey. Well, it, we, we, are, we are approaching, we think we're approaching resolution, Randy. We think. I think there's still there's still talking going on though. You bet. But I mean, you you'd better have, uh, you know, everything lined up in case. So there's no reason to cut off talks with anybody well, yet. And, and the and the thing, unless we you just know you don't want to hire this person. Appreciate the phone call, Randy. The thing we were saying earlier in the show with with regards to Kiffin, if you're looking for like a a, a deadline, if if it's not Kiffin end of business Monday the twenty eighth. Right, like that's that's a couple days. Yeah, after the yeah. Article. Well, I mean, I just say watch watch what's going on with Ole Miss here over the next week. Sure. Because if they get through the Egg Bowl without him signing that contract extension, then uh, he's he's probably getting very close to uh, to leaving. And 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 it does seem like there's one landing spot right if, now. If he, sure, leaves, sure does appear. Did you did you so. see the other the other name that got mentioned today that had not been. The first time I saw this name was today. J.G. Tate mentioned this. He had some of the other names That's we've been talking name. about. No, no, J.G., I said, had this name. Okay. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson? The the quarterback's coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who was the was a quarterback for Utah with Urban Meyer and Dan Mullen is the guy that recruited him. Is he on him. the Florida staff? He went to Mississippi yeah. State. He went to Florida. He was the offensive coordinator uh, at both. He, by the way, was the quarterback for Utah when they uh, drilled Alabama in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl. But uh, he is a he he is a very very highly thought of young NFL coach right now. Now he may be he may be an NFL head coach 
by next year. But I think it's interesting. And John Cohen obviously crossed paths with him with him in Starkville. So oh, I mean, no, no. okay, so he he predates. He was at Florida. He was at Florida with Mullen. Yes, right, right. So I, for some reason, I thought he was an Urban Meyer, but no, you're no, right. no, no, no. He, he would have. No, he played for Urban Meyer at Utah, but then he was with Dan at Mississippi State in Florida. I think he missed Urban Meyer at Utah because I think he was there. I think he was there in, in 2010. Oh uh, well, his so bio, he, his bio says he, to he play played for, for Urban, and and Dan was his quarterbacks right, coach. Right, because because well, if he if he finished his career in 09, I wonder, you know what I mean? Like maybe because because that's 05 to 09, maybe 04. He would have signed a play. Yeah. He, would, he would have been. Yeah. He would have redshirted Urban's last year and and been for. Although uh, uh, Kyle Whittingham is winning. Didn't, a ton didn't, of Utah. didn't Dan? Didn't Dan go with him to uh, uh, to Florida? Dan Mullen was was Urban's uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yes, and then he played for, and then he coached for Mullen at Mississippi State, right. fourteen to sixteen. And that's what I'm saying. That's where John Cohen would know him from. D- Dak Prescott's quarterbacks coach, uh-huh. fourteen, fifteen, yeah. and sixteen, and then the quarterbacks. And coach. and the e- and the Eagles are doing okay. And then and then Mullen's quarterbacks coach when Kyle Trask uh-huh. had the great season in 2019 right. for the uh, for for the Gators. Uh, so uh, so yeah, that, that's that's somebody who who will be a head coach. Yeah. somewhere thirty five, maybe years old. in the NFL before too long. That's 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 an interesting name and and mm-hmm. somebody that uh, because. He has mostly college ties until he went to the Philadelphia Eagles right. last year to uh, to be a Sirianni's uh, quarterback coach and, and was considered to be Mullen's best recruiter. Right. I mean that that is an uh, that's an that's an interesting yeah. name out there. Now for, I mean I guess I guess you would need to leave. Uh, let's take a break. We're we're, we're gonna, so we can, we can break. Didn't Austin Davis leave? Yeah. Last year. Well, no. I mean to to join a staff. I, I wonder if. Uh, you know, I, I wonder to if be a head coach. I wonder if he'd be interested in, in leaving to join a staff, or if he's leaving to be a head coach when he makes the jump to college. Right. right. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we can talk about that more. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. We'll uh, be winding it down when we come back here on the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back to the final couple of minutes of The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan here at Skybar Cafe, and it's been great to be back here. Oh, absolutely! Really appreciate management and staff, uh, o- you know, opening the uh, doors for us and, and and welcoming us all football season long. Uh, it, as as uh, uh, tonight, they'll have the doors open at six. Basketball on all the big screens at seven. If you're not going to Auburn, Texas Southern, just saw on uh, on on Twitter. As long as I can still check Twitter, uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Ferguson had some pictures from the line, uh, the student section outside. It is still a big oh, that's crowd. great. That's what I said. Yeah. I expected the the student the jungle to be packed tonight. Tomorrow's when I'm wondering what it's going to be like over at the uh, football game. And Sky Bar will be open at 2 o'clock tomorrow if you're looking for somewhere to watch Auburn, Western Kentucky, or do something uh, after the game. Uh, Sky Bar will have uh, a Shackleford Lane uh, on the uh, on the uh, stage in the back. Also want to thank Bud Light uh, Next. Uh, as, uh, as as always, Bud Light Next has been sponsoring these, uh, these Friday shows. A zero-carb, super-crisp light beer from the good folks at Budweiser. And Bud Light next. Don't forget, coming up uh, in a half an hour over on Wings 94.3, Auburn Central 7A semifinals. Scott Bagwell and crew with the uh, pregame and the kick at 7 o'clock 
We're back with you Monday. Brian Matthews joins us as we look back at the weekend and see what all has gone on between now and then. But we're out of time here on the Friday Drive. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.